0: Hi, I'm Stephen Apt, and here at Divine Savior Church, we believe that the message of Jesus truly changes lives. And so it's my prayer that as you listen to this message, that it does change your heart, uh, that it brings you peace and hope once again today. After you listen to it, if you wouldn't mind subscribing and liking, uh, we'd be grateful for that, so that more people can hear the message of Jesus. Thank you. Well, this morning we close out our series called No greater hope as we walk through the letter to the ephesians Uh, for the past 12 weeks we have walked chapter by chapter verse by verse uh through this letter and we have seen just incredible truths from god for your life uh incredible truths like it's by grace that you have been saved through faith and it's not from yourself it's the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast It's by God's grace, his undeserved love and unconditional love for sinners like you and me that we have been saved. Uh, It has nothing to do with your works. In fact, if you're trusting in your works at all for any part of your salvation, you can ditch that trust. You can stop having confidence in it because they don't play into your salvation. It's purely by God's grace through Jesus Christ, your Savior. It's for sure. It's yours. Because of his grace, he has brought you into his eternal kingdom so that even if you die, you continue to live forever. Because of God's grace, he's brought you into his household, made you members of his family, so that the God of this world, the God who created everything, you get to call Father. And he's made you his temple. He doesn't dwell and live someplace far off. He lives in you the Bible says. This incredible truth brings transformation to our life. It changes our life. Because like we said last week, doctrine is not just information, it's informational, it's transformational. Based on what God has done for me, what does that mean for our life? And that's what Paul tackles on the second half of his letter to the Ephesians, 4 through 6. And we've seen what this means is we walk as children of the light. We live Like Christ. It means in our relationships that we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And now we close out the letter with Paul's dramatic finish preparing us to go to battle. No matter who you are here today, no matter your background, no matter if you're a Christian or not, you face a battle every single day. Are you prepared? That's what Paul prepares us for at the end of chapter 6. And so what we're going to do is we're going to walk through this text under three points. We're going to know who the enemy is. Uh, We are going to know how we stand firm and what we're clothed in, and then how to combat the enemy. Those are the three points we're going to look at. Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let's stop right there. Paul wastes no time. He tells you exactly who your enemy is. That's your first point today. Uh, in order to stand firm, we have to know the enemy. And who's the enemy? The devil the spiritual dark forces in the heavenly realms. It's Satan and his demons that are your enemy, my enemy, every single person in this world. Their enemy is the devil, Satan. Do you recognize that? Living in the 21st century uh, America, uh, the idea of a devil, Satan, is pretty much laughed at, despite Satanism being on the rise. I don't know if you heard, but this year, uh, April, was the 10th anniversary of the Satanic Temple in Salem, Massachusetts. And so how did they celebrate? In May, they had SatanCon, a convention for Satan in Boston, Massachusetts, three-day convention, sold out. It was a sold-out convention, and what did they do there? They had satanic rituals, they had uh, different panels for discussion, and they had entertainment. And one of those entertainments was someone standing up in front of the crowd and page by page ripping the pages of scripture out and throwing it onto the ground, to the cheer of the crowd. This was SatanCon. And yet, despite it being a sold-out convention, uh, CBS News interviewed someone who was there, and this is what she said about SatanCon. It's about human rights. It's about supporting women's bodily autonomy. It's about freedom of religion, freedom from religion. Most don't believe in Satan. It's not some 1980s horror film. Most don't believe in Satan. It's not some 1980s horror film, and yet they're there participating in satanic rituals, cheering as the person in front rips out pages of Scripture. But most don't believe in Satan. And do you know what? That's exactly what Satan wants. Because if you don't know the enemy, if you don't believe in the enemy, guess what you're not prepared to do? To stand firm in the day of evil. Maybe you're here today and or listening online and, and you think the idea of Satan is more of a fairy tale. It's it's, it's a joke. Maybe you fall in line with what what she said. Here's the reality of what the Bible says about Satan. Uh, Satan is the most vicious enemy of God and his people. Satan was originally created as an angel uh, who then fell away from God, turned on God. What was his great sin? Do you remember? Pride. Yes, pride. Pride filled him up. He stood on pride, promoted pride, and he fell. And he brought all kinds of demons with him. And now he has one goal, and it's to destroy you. And if God would let him, he would tear you apart right now. If it wasn't for God sending his angels, he would just destroy all of us in a heartbeat. He's the greatest enemy to God and his people. And yet, how does he do it. Since God won't let him just destroy us, what does he do? He plays the long game. And what do I mean by that? He could destroy you right now, but where would you end up? Because you have faith in Jesus, you'd end up in heaven. And so what does he do? He comes to you, and he whispers his lies to you to try to get you to doubt God's goodness, his truth, and his clarity. Because if he can get you to doubt God... He could drag you away from him and not just destroy you now but for eternity in hell. And so what's he do? Uh, Richard Koken in his commentary on Ephesians says that he comes to us with the familiar temptations from the garden. Did God really say you can't satisfy your desires that way? God, you surely won't die and God won't punish you for participating in those actions, living that lifestyle, doing those sinful things. God won't punish you. You can be like God. Just make up your own rules. After all, the Bible is outdated. And he comes and he whispers and he tries to get you to doubt God's goodness, his truth, and his clarity. This is the enemy of God's people. It's the devil and the demons. And they have one goal, and that is to drag you away from God. Do you recognize that? Do you know the importance of recognizing this? First of all, if if we don't recognize this, do you know what that means? It means we can never have compassion on other people. Because what do we do? If we don't recognize who the enemy is, we'll change who the enemy is from the devil and his demons to those people over there doing those things. Those people are the enemy. Those Democrats, those Republicans, those people living that lifestyle, those people living like that, they are the enemies. I can't believe they are doing that and we won't have compassion on people who have been caught up in the influence of Satan. If you don't recognize that the devil is the enemy trying to uh, whisper lies to all people and drag them away from God, you'll never be able to have compassion on them over there. Instead, what's going to happen? It's the second thing if we don't recognize this. We'll stand on the shaky ground of self-righteousness and pride. And then that, when that happens, as we're focused on them over there, Satan's going to come from behind us and he's going to shoot his arrow and we're going to fall. The arrow of impatience, the arrow of greed, the arrow of lust, of pride, thinking that we're so good and we'll fall. In order to stand firm in the battle that you and I face, we have to know who the enemy is. It's not against flesh and blood. The enemy is the devil himself and his demons. And he's got one goal, and that is to drag you away from God. And so, are you prepared to stand firm? Stand firm by knowing who the enemy is. It's Satan. And now, how do we stand firm? Paul tells us. <clears throat> verse 14, or verse uh, 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God... So how do we stand firm? Point number two, stand firm, clothed in Jesus' armor. Paul is not just making up uh, language here. He's not just making up armor pieces. He's taking it from previous uh, other parts of Scripture. Uh, We looked earlier, Isaiah 59 and Isaiah 11. Isaiah talks about the coming Messiah clothing himself with armor. And what did we see? The, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the belt of truth, uh, all these pieces, Jesus himself wore into the battle against Satan, and now Paul says, to take your stand, put on the armor of Jesus. Jesus gives you his armor. To take your stand against the devil, it's not some virtuous action that you do. You don't go out and do some great work, you simply stand firm on the gospel message of Jesus Christ. On the fact that Jesus Christ was crucified for you to forgive you your sins. That he rose from the dead and through his resurrection has opened eternal life for you and for me. When we stand on that, what happens? We're clothed in the armor of God. Look at the, the, what he says. He says, Righteousness, truth, peace, salvation, faith, and the word of God. Those are not things to do. Those are results that come from the gospel message. And so you don't have to go and do anything. These are results that happen from simply being in the word of God, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are the results that happen. And so let's look briefly uh, at each of these. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Paul's probably picturing a, a Roman... Uh, uh, oh my goodness. Thank you. Oh, a Roman centurion. Wow. Um, a Roman centurion. And, and what, what did they wear? They wore a belt. Not like this belt, but a belt that covered uh, the, more the abdomen down to your knee. And what was protecting them? That belt wrapped around their waist. What protects you and me what's wrapped around us the belt of truth that covers the gut we never follow our gut instead what do we do we rely on the truth of god's word to guide us and lead us not our gut god's truth and when we have the belt of truth buckled around us when satan flings his arrows his whispering lies at us we say no 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 here's the truth of god's word here's the clear goodness and truth of our god we have the breastplate of righteousness in place. Not of your righteousness, but Jesus righteousness. So that when Satan uh, flings his arrows, his condemning arrows at you to try to make you feel guilty, to try to condemn you, they bounce right off. Why? Because Jesus righteousness covers you. You aren't guilty of that sin anymore. Instead, you have the perfection of your Savior Jesus covering you. You have the the feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. This world is a scary place without Jesus. Without the hope of eternal life, we have plenty to worry about, plenty to be anxious about, and you should be afraid if there's no Jesus Christ in the resurrection. And yet you and I walk in peace. Why? Because Jesus Christ has conquered the grave. Because death has no power over you, Satan has no power over you, We walk knowing that no matter what happens in this life, eternal life is waiting for you and me. We have the helmet of salvation covering our head, our thoughts, covering uh, our eyes, our nose, our mouth, the helmet of salvation, knowing that eternal life is ours. The crown of salvation is yours through Jesus Christ. And then we have the shield of faith. So that as Satan shoots his arrows, we block it, knowing that Jesus is good, that his word is true, it's clear. And all we need to look at is at the cross to see the goodness of our God for you and for me. And it extinguishes the flaming arrows of the evil one. This is yours. How? Through the gospel message of Jesus Christ. It's through standing firm on the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, that Jesus clothes you with his armor. You don't have to go out and do anything to stand firm. The way to stand firm is by being in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you? What does it take to stand firm against the devil, to be wrapped up in the gospel? What's it take for your kids to stand firm against the devil, for them to be wrapped up in the gospel? Is the gospel in your home? Is the word of God talked about at home? The only way for your children to be protected from the devil and his attacks is for them to stand firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the same for you and for me. Are we bringing the word of God into our home? Are we making the word of God an everyday a part of our everyday life for ourselves. If not, guess what's going to happen? We're going to be pushed over. We're going to be attacked. And we won't be able to stand firm against the devil. Because on your own, on my own, we have no chance against him. It's only through Jesus Christ our Savior that we're able to stand our ground on the day of evil. And so what do we do? What do we do if we haven't made the gospel a part of our everyday life, if we're not standing firm on the gospel? You open up God's word. And what do you see about our Savior Jesus? You see Satan trying to whisper his lies to him. If you remember in Matthew chapter 4, Satan approached him how? With those same temptations from the Garden of Eden, those same lies. Jesus. You haven't eaten in 40 days. Did God really say you can't satisfy your desires in this way? If you're the son of God, turn the stone into bread and just eat. It's just bread. Just eat. Jesus, I'll give you everything. Everything can be yours. You can can have it all. Simply bow down and worship me. You can be like God. Oh, Jesus, you talk about God being good. Well, let's, let him prove it. Throw yourself down. Make God prove that he is good. Don't just hear that he's good, listen that he's good. Make him prove it. Throw yourself down. He'll command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And do you remember how Jesus responded every single time? With scripture and the word of God. Stand firm in God's word. He was righteous in every single way. And what has your Savior done for you? He's given you his breastplate of righteousness, his perfection, which covers your heart. But he did more than that. In Colossians chapter 2, it's the sister letter to Ephesians. Here's what uh, Paul said. He, that's Jesus, forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. What has Jesus done? He took all the times that you and I have fell, all the times that we haven't stood firm on the word of God and Satan's attacked us and we haven't stood firm and we've fallen. He's taken it all. And he went to the cross, where he took all of your charges, all of your debt against God, and he's forgiven it all. And through the cross, what did he do? He won the victory over Satan. The war is over. Satan has lost. He's disarmed. The powers and authorities, they have no power over you through Jesus. Satan can shoot his arrows at you, his arrows of guilt and condemnation, and Jesus says, I paid for it. Satan can try to make you afraid of death and Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they, they die. You have no fear of death. The powers and authorities have been disarmed. The victory is won through Jesus Christ, your Savior, and the victory is yours through Him. He's forgiven your sin. Satan has lost, but the battle wages on He continues to try to get you to fall. And when we're standing firm in Jesus Christ, he cannot harm you. He cannot drag you away when you stand firm on the truth of Jesus' forgiveness and resurrection for you and for me. We stand firm by knowing who the enemy is. We stand firm knowing what we're clothed in. And now we go on the attack. How? Paul tells us. 18 to the end. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I I am and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with, uh, with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Stand firm, your last point, by spreading the gospel. God, Paul says we have one weapon, and it's the sword of, or the, uh, the, sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. By the word of God, we go out and we combat the influence of Satan. By the word of God, we go out and we change lives with Jesus. We break the strongholds of Satan. It's the word of God that goes out and, uh, and changes people's lives. We have an amazing privilege in our country. And that is that we get to vote and influence decision-making policies, laws. We get to do that. And any time we have the opportunity, we should absolutely vote and and, uh, celebrate that Christian principles are put into place. But do you know what laws can never do? Change a person's heart. Laws curb behavior, but they never change hearts. What changes hearts? The message of Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected for you and for me. This is the message we preach. And as we go out and we preach this message, uh, Satan's strongholds will be loosened, his influence wane, and the message of Jesus will spread, and people's lives will be changed now and forever. And so we go and we preach it boldly. You go and spread the message boldly. And if it's not your gift, do what Paul asks for. Pray that I, Stephen Aft, your pastor, may preach it boldly and fearlessly as I should. Pray for our teachers in our school, that they preach it and teach it in their classrooms, fearlessly and boldly as they should. Pray that more and more people may hear the message. Pray for our missionaries, oversee. Pray that God's word be spread, because as the gospel of Jesus Christ is spread, Satan's hold on people will loosen. The strongholds will be broken down, And the gospel of Jesus Christ will reign. The kingdom will spread. This is the hope that we have. There's no greater hope. And so let's know this hope better and better. We close out this series, but our hope doesn't end. Because we know greater hope. And now we want to spread greater hope. Grow in that hope. Now and forever. May Jesus Christ be praised through our lives. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we praise and thank you. Uh, that you sent your son, our Savior Jesus, into the world to defeat the devil. Uh, His victory is our victory uh, through faith in him. When Jesus died on the cross, when he said it is finished, uh, there is nothing left in salvation that needs to be done. Uh, Satan has lost. Condemnation is over. Death has lost its power, and now we stand in victory. Uh, That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, let nothing move you, uh, because we know that uh, the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ is ours. And so we work uh, diligently. We, we know that our labor in the Lord is never in vain. Uh, help us to go out and spreadly bold this mess, or boldly proclaim this message to more and more people uh, so that lives may be changed as they hear the message of Jesus. Help us to be anchored in this armor so that on the day of evil, when, when Satan comes attacking, we may stand firm, knowing that we stand righteous uh, before you through Jesus. The helmet of salvation is on our head. Uh, that we walk in peace, that the truth is wrapped around us, and that the shield of faith is defending us, because we know that you are good, we know your truth is clear, uh, and we know that you're a God who loves us so incredibly much. All we have to do is look at the cross to see the extent of your love for, for all of us. Be with us as we grow in this word, that we may stand firm no matter what comes. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message today. It's my prayer that Uh, It has changed your heart as you grew in the message of your Savior, Jesus. Again, if you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing, we'd be grateful for that. God bless your day.